we're back. Wait, my logos aren't on screen. What's going on here? Here we go. That's where we are. We're, we're on all those places. This is Ask a Traffic Cop. I'm Sean Shapiro. And uh, yeah, we're here. And it's, it's Tuesday all day. I'm so excited. Is it wrong that I that I enjoy this uh, as much as I do? If if <laughs> if it's wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> uh, if you're watching right now, uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I I started. I hit the button a minute or so late. I was busy posting a video to TikTok, and I was typing a description. And I, you know, I had two minutes to ten when I was typing the description, and then I I got. I wanted to make sure I had all the hashtags and all that stuff, and I looked up uh, to it to. Uh, JD at the door knocking, saying, hey, it's 10 o'clock. Where, where, why aren't you ready? Uh, so I, I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, it is a magical day in the neighborhood, and we are we are talking about stuff and things as we always do. We'll answer your traffic and police questions. Of course, we're doing that on TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Kick, and the platform formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, that doesn't work and requires you to not be there if you want to ask us questions. I, I know, it's counterproductive. We're there to to provide the information, but if you actually want to engage with us and, and, and join in on the chat, uh, then I would suggest going over to youtube.trafficcop.ca. That's youtube.trafficcop.ca, and that will allow you to jump into the conversation, ask questions, and be heard. Because this is a show for you. If, if, you, if you're not talking... Um, there's no reason for us to be here because I'll just, well, actually that's not true. I can just speak at nauseum about things that I'm interested in, like my new laser cutter. I have a, I had a laser cutter, but I another, bought another laser cutter because this one will do cylinders. This one will do uh, 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 turning stuff like bottles and things. I like I like making crafty stuff for my kids and and, and stuff. Um, so that's that's something we can talk about. 3D printers. I need to get my my beds leveled so I can start utilizing them again. I've, they've not been uh, doing very much for the last little while, you know. But uh, I'd love to know more about everybody's personal hobby interests and, and things that, that make you, uh, you know, click. Because we talk about traffic safety, and people I think believe that that's all there is about the voiceover cop traffic. But there's so much more. I'm a complicated fellow. Uh, we will be talking about uh, employment, but first. Uh, and, 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 and of course, answering your question. But first, I want to talk about Vision Zero Enforcement Team. A uh, little background, if you've never seen this, because I, I kind of start every show with this spiel. Uh, but if you don't know what they are or what they do, they're a dedicated group of officers who, who work diligently daily, diligently daily, to change driver behavior one ticket at a time. And they do that focusing on the big four. The big four are the driver behaviors that people choose to engage in specifically drivers, uh, that lead to serious injury and death. Just that support that these are the ones that need the most attention, which, well, I'll talk about the the, which, the, the, the flip side in a second. So let's start off with the fact that the speeding, aggressive driving, distracted driving, and impaired driving, those are the ones attributed to uh, serious injury and death more often than not. That doesn't mean it's the only causes. There's lots of causes. And, uh, you know, there's also lots of issues like tinted windows and oversized tires and mufflers uh, that don't do what they're supposed to do, like they don't muffle, uh, or license plate covers. Did I say that twice? Anyway, uh, those are also serious and uh, offenses that require attention, but they don't lead to the uh, injury quite as often. So when people say, well, why aren't you doing anything about the noise in my neighborhood? 
it's because we're busy trying to keep people speeding uh, from speeding, uh, from driving aggressively. We're, we're just focused on different things. But you know, we'll get around to all those things, and we do deal with them when we deal with them. Anyway, I, I could. I, it's a circular conversation. We want to make sure everyone's following the rules. We're going to focus on the ones that are most risky. Uh, first. September 19th, Vision Zero officers are focused on Vision Zero TO uh, in 22 Division and 30 and 43 Division, 22 and 43 today. That's Etobicoke, West Mall, uh, Queensway, Bendale, Woburn, Highland Creek, West Hill, Guildwood, neighborhoods where real people live, work, and play and deserve to be safe. And like I said, they they give out tickets. That's their that's what they do. So if you don't want one, um, follow follow the rules. Like follow the law. So many people get upset with me when I say follow the rules. Um, there's a belief that you shouldn't have to. Some somebody actually put in a comment today. You're not my dad, um, which is good because if you're telling me like that, that's the response. I, I'd be disappointed if I was your dad. Mm. Anyway, uh, it's it's really it's one of those things that we as the police are kind of like parents. We're telling people what to do. It's for their best interest it's for the, the the good of all and sometimes people don't like being told what to do and i get it i get it, it, it you know i you know, i'm sure that i that i didn't appreciate my dad's input uh when i was a kid and um now he doesn't appreciate my input <laughs> when i'm telling him things that that are good for him um but you know what we we have a responsibility to tell other people uh when they're when they're screwing up when they're doing things that are dangerous in fact if you're the passenger in a vehicle not even the driver you have a responsibility to yourself and to everyone else. If you see someone doing the wrong thing, even if they're the person sitting next to you, even if it's your mom, dad, sister, cousin, brother, uncle, whatever, if they're using their phone when they're driving, you know, tell them that's not cool. We have to create an environment where it's not socially acceptable to be unsafe behind the wheel. We have to create an environment where they're going to hear about it and not get away with it. We can't be bashful when it comes to safety because you can choose to be quiet and play the get-along game, and then what will happen is someone's going to get hurt. And it may not be while you're in the car. It might be the next day or the next month, um, and you may never witness it, but you could have been the difference, that inspiration to change and be better. And that's what I'm asking everyone to do. Speak up. You know, the see something, say something concept in the New York subways, they're really big on that. They talk about it all the time. See something, say something. You call the police, you use the intercom. If you see something that doesn't, that, that doesn't sit right with you, that looks illegal, that looks dangerous, that could be terrorist activity, those are things that people say, yeah, that makes sense, let's call. But why do we say it's okay for drivers to be unsafe? Like, there's just a double standard. You wouldn't want someone to break into your home and steal your stuff. You would, you would say something then. You would say something if someone was being, you know, assaulted. You may even jump in and help them. But when we see people break the law on our roads, kind of shrug and say, well, you know, well, not me. I, I get upset. <laughs> I do. Uh, getting uh, Today I have audio. So yesterday at a certain point during the live stream, I lost audio, and today it's back. And I'm not going to block anybody through this particular interface until we figure out what caused it to go kaboom. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, that doesn't mean our, our moderator... On, uh, on TikTok won't block anybody. Just uh, I won't be using my web interface because apparently I, 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 the balance of the universe was set uh, awry when I touched a certain button to kick somebody off kick in particular. Stephen Bell, good morning. And by the way, Zombie, thank you for the warning if I didn't properly acknowledge you. Tim Shallow, good morning to you. Uh, let's see here. Amit wants to ask a question about somebody doing stupid stuff on the road. 
let's let's look at the question. I want to ask if someone does something stupid, sorry, does a stupid thing on the road, like overtaking using the soft shoulder, which I see almost daily when I go out on a drive, can we report them somewhere anonymously? Anonymously, not so much. You can make reports with giving your information. You have to provide your information. Anonymously, just, you can, for criminal activity, we get it. You call, uh, you know, uh, Crime Stoppers anonymously, 222 tips, that's exactly the way uh, it's been in operation forever, and it's, it's a great way to maintain your anonymity, be safe, and still provide information. When it comes to a driver doing something, you really have to have your uh, your name and and be willing to uh, to stand up and, and say yeah I saw that. Um, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be provided as a, you know an informant and your information is going to go in the letter that we send to the registered owner because more often than not we can't actually lay a charge based on your report. We'll create a report. It'll be attached to their license plate, and maybe when we pull them over for the same thing, we will see that there was a previous report of the same activity, and instead of getting a warning or a reduced ticket, they'll get the full ticket. And that's the way it should be. If you do something, you should get charged, period. Too many pens in my pocket, I've decided. Okay. So anonymously, no, but yes, you can make reports. And sometimes it will result in charges. Depends. And if you have video evidence, you can also send information like that uh, by way of a link. You know, Dropbox, YouTube, upload, that sort of thing. Okay. Question from Pyro Pirate. <laughs> Good morning. What is the direct way to become a cop and what other paths to get there? Um, well, let's start with you have to apply. Uh, I usually talk about employment a little further down the road, but let's let's talk about this quickly now uh, and then that, that might spur other conversation about it. Uh, if you go to tps.ca forward slash careers, you will get to this page. It looks like that because I'm live on the internet right now. Uh, you can get information about all the different jobs. Now you can apply for police constable and we can talk a little bit about the requirements for that position, but you can also uh, start in other areas. Let's say you don't have the life experience to become a police officer because, and I say that you might have life experience and you might be an applicant who's told that you don't have enough life experience, at which point you can apply for you know parking enforcement officer, special constable, uh, communications operator, civilian role, a volunteer role. And from there, uh, you might be able to get that whatever you need to round yourself out. And uh, and then you can go and, uh, you know, make the transition later. I started as a volunteer. There was a hiring freeze. I became a, uh, a an auxiliary police constable, uh, no firearm, no arrest authority under, at least no expanded arrest authority. I was a civilian in a uniform going out and contributing to the public and, and the community. Great way to start. And that's under volunteer, uh, volunteer youth programs. Uh, this is Yippie program. See, that, 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 I, we, we lovingly call uh, auxiliaries checkerheads, and I was one, and I'll be a checkerhead for life, by the way. Uh, very proud of the work I did as an auxiliary and very proud of my colleagues in the auxiliary program who still contribute all the time, uh, every day, all the time. Uh, amazing work. In fact, just like this gentleman here, uh, if you go to the Santa Claus Parade, the majority of, ex of people you see on the street are, in fact, auxiliary officers. The police officers are usually off on, on neighboring streets, uh, but the parade route itself is usually dealt with by auxiliaries. And you'll notice uh, right here, I think you can see my cursor, right here is a, uh, a rocker underneath the Toronto Police logo or crest uh, that says auxiliary. And uh, you may or may not be able to see it clearly here. That person is wearing, well, it says auxiliary on their vest, uh, their traffic vest, but it's also they have a light blue shirt. Uh, but yeah, great opportunity. If you're looking to volunteer and requirements and when they're doing things, 
Go check it out on the website. Uh, going back to careers, if you want to be a police officer directly, go and apply. There's a button right there. And uh, minimum requirements, it's all on the website. Quickly, I'm going to go back and I want to see. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. Where is it? No, careers. I want to see what the, what, if there's any new civilian roles. You don't have to wear a police uniform. You don't have to be a police officer to contribute to your community. Lots of jobs here. We have six currently posted. Uh, so we have communication services, uh, communications operator, mail courier, immediate programmer, sorry, intermediate programmer analyst. Immediate? I mean, maybe we need them immediately. Uh, administrative assistant, Yippee. I was talking about that earlier. It's a it's a after-school hybrid program. Uh, and technical analyst in radio infrastructure. So, yeah, lots of great ways to go. Obviously, you have to meet the requirements uh, for any job you're applying for. Check those out on the website. If you have more questions, let me know. Uh, we've got Big Jeff Fresh with Good Morning. Good morning to you, too. Uh, things refreshed quickly. Is it illegal to wash your car in your own driveway? Illegal? Uh, there may be bylaws that you'd be violating. Uh, there may be restrictions on water usage during certain times of the year. It's not illegal under the Highway Traffic Act, which is my focus, uh, because you're not driving it. Uh, but again, it's that would be a bylaw situation. And and different neighborhoods, different uh, jurisdictions may have different ones. It's not even within the city of Toronto and different uh, communities may have different bylaws because before, prior to amalgamation, post amalgamation, uh, but you go to York Region may have a different rule. Uh, you know, Mississauga may have a different rule. What I'm getting at is I don't know where you live and I don't know what the rules are where you are. But uh, I've heard of lots of different things. And in, in, in the States, I've heard wild things uh, in terms of what you are and aren't allowed to do. And those are more often than not based on uh, the the neighborhoods. There's like a corporation that handles the community, the uh, communal areas, like you're in a condo. And that's a different situation. What is that called? A, um, I can't remember what it's called. But there is a, a housing, not a housing association. Anyway, it's a thing. It's a thing, and my friend who in Florida hates his. I can't think of it. And wants to sell, wants to live in a house uh, that isn't inside of a community that is run by a whatever that is. Yeah. Question from TikTok. Can I get a ticket for tinting my rear and headlight with light tint? Yes. Uh, headlights, absolutely. It's absolutely not permitted. Uh, you can only project uh, light uh, that is yellow or white to the front. You cannot, there's a specific law about tinting in the front. In the rear, uh, you have to ensure that they're, now I say you ensure, they're made to meet the requirement. You tint them, they no longer meet the requirement or may not meet the requirement. They have to be discernible at 150 meters. We're the judges of that, not you. So you can argue and we say it's too dark that it's not too dark and it becomes a triable issue, meaning you get a ticket and then you take it to court and you can argue about it there. But uh, yeah, don't mess with your headlights or taillights. It is not only um, illegal, but it's not smart. And I don't mean that to be, you know, giving you a hard time. It is not smart because it is the thing that communicates to other drivers that you are intending to slow down or turn. And when you modify it, you may be creating a situation where you are less visible. <laughs> That's what happens when you reduce the amount of light by way of tint. And then when you get rear-ended and we investigate your collision, we say, hey, there's a clue here. You have tint on your stuff, and now you're responsible for the collision more so than you were before. Not entirely. Not saying that someone who rear-ends you is not at all responsible, just that you're more responsible than you were five seconds before we got there because we looked at the evidence that said you modified your taillights. Is there such a thing as a fast lane? Uh, I think that's a Disney or a Wonderland or, a, or Universal Studios calls it fast lane. Uh, there is one speed limit on the highway. The maximum speed is a posted limit. That is the only 
uh, speed or the maximum speed that you're allowed to go. There, there's no posted minimum uh, in most highways, at least not in Ontario, but Quebec has them. I've seen, I think, I'm pretty sure I saw on Highway 7 once upon a time a minimum, but anyway, all lanes are the same speed, <coughs> and it's the maximum speed, or at least you can go up until the maximum. You don't have to travel at the maximum. You are legally permitted to speed uh, or travel at speeds below the maximum. And I really go into depth about this because so many people believe that the minimum speed is the posted speed limit. And they think that they're permitted to go above that, which they're absolutely not. And you can argue, and I'm not saying, Andrew, that you are arguing. I'm saying that that people argue all the time, even radio hosts that I join, not calling uh, anyone in particular, Kelly Contreras, out for that. But they say that, you know, the speeds are too slow. That's fine. The law requires you to go up to uh, and including the speed limit. And you're breaking the law the moment you exceed it. And if you don't agree with it, get it changed. But don't break it. When you break it, you are just contributing to unsafe roads. If everyone's breaking it, doesn't make it okay. You know that whole uh, concept of if, if all your friends were jumping off the CN Tower, would you follow? It's sort of the same thing. What we do is we all do it. And people, I say we, I don't actually do it. Uh, I actually follow the law. I actually don't speed. I set my, my cruise control and forget it. And then I watch all the angry people pass me uh, like I'm not moving. That is how regular speeding is on our roads that everyone seems to think it's okay and everyone uses the excuse that i got to go with the flow of traffic that is not a defense under the, the law that is not an acceptable uh you know uh, way of, of 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 determining that that is the reason like there's no justification for speeding and certainly the flow of traffic is not intended that that lesson that they taught at driving school is not intended to be used as a manipulation or justification to exceed the speed limit and yet Almost everyone says, well, I gotta go that fast because people honk at me or flash the high beams. Stay to the right if you are doing the speed limit or you're below the speed limit. Simple. Let the ignorant drivers who are speeding, and I, I'm, I will stand behind ignorant as, as a label for those who choose to break the law. It is not okay. Let them go in the left lane. Now, there are people discussing with me in the chat, uh, the, the chat on other videos saying, well, why, are, why would the OPP or certain police officers lay a charge of unnecessary slow driving for people who are driving the speed limit in the left lane? I, for one, will always charge the speeder. I would never give the ticket to someone driving the speed limit, even in the left lane, because they are not breaking the law, but the speeder is. So I wouldn't give the speeder a, uh, a break and write the, the, the poor guy or girl or person you know, doing the speed limit. They're doing the right thing. Speeders doing the wrong thing. Okay, getting off this rant and moving on. Uh, there is no such thing as a fast lane, but slower moving traffic should stay to the right. Okay, uh, Faz up has a question. How do I find out? What is it? How do I find out if my car is registered? I don't recall the last time I did. Go to trafficcop.ca and renew your plate online. If it is re so registered means it's in your name ownership. That's a one-time thing. You register it. You're talking about renewing and maintaining and updating your, your license plate. Now, once you're there, uh, if you don't remember the last time, you probably didn't even renew it since the stickers went away. You had a choice of one year or two year. Uh, go online, check it out. The website uh, link is on the, uh, the bottom of my link tree at trafficcop.ca. And while you're there, sign up for the reminders. They will text you, email you, uh, or, or send you a voicemail uh, to remind you to do your health card, your driver's license, and your uh, registration or your plate. So that's, that's what you do. And then you 
won't lose track. The stickers were really good because they were a visual reminder of what was the time to renew. You saw the sticker. Now you don't. Uh, what is the charge for driving with an expired license? What is the, the cost of driving uh, with an expired license? You're driving with no license at that point. Expired means non-existent, not valid. Uh, so there's a couple of things that, that you really have to think about. Uh, one, you're not insured. So your insurance company will deny a claim. Uh, let's see here. Driver's licenses. Drive motor vehicle, no license. $325. Uh, and uh, yeah, there you go. No person shall drive a motor vehicle on a highway unless the motor vehicle is within a class of motor vehicles in respect of which the person holds a driver's license issued to him or her under this act. Uh, 32 sub 1 of the HTA. That's it. Expired licenses, no license. That, that's, the, that's the story. Uh, sup buddy says, how many beers can you have and still drive? There is no specific answer for this. Uh, the best answer is zero. You want to maintain a zero blood alcohol content to, and, and you don't want to be impaired. Now, legally you can have alcohol in your system. If you're a full G class driver who's 22 years old or older. And, uh, at that point you can have more than zero. But as soon as you have 0.05 BAC, blood alcohol content, you are not legally permitted to drive in the province of Ontario and you'll lose your license for three days if it's the first time that you've ever blown a warn. Now I say 0.05, as soon as you're 0.08, that's criminal, you're getting arrested. And uh, there's another thing that people don't seem to get. Impairment doesn't require you to have either of those numbers in your blood. Let's say you had a beer and you don't drink and you have maybe even an allergy to beer and you're impaired by way of having that alcohol in your system. Um, you know, you are showing signs of impairment. You're probably going to get arrested because you can be arrested for impaired driving. Uh, if you are in a collision and you have alcohol present, that's going to get in the report, even if you're under the legal limit. Uh, if you're a, a, a youth uh, or a, a new driver, a, a what's the word I'm looking for, novice driver, or you're, you're, you've got a condition on your license, uh, sorry, you're a commercial driver and driving a commercial, more than zero is going to get you a charge. Like there's so much, the best answer is no drugs, no alcohol while you're driving. Simple as that. And, and when, what I was really planning on getting into there, and I never touched on it, is everybody deals with alcohol differently. So somebody could have one beer and, and have, uh, you know, and, and not feel impaired, and somebody else could have uh, one beer and be blitzed. You know, somebody could have five beers in an evening and and feel uh, like the deal, their body could process the alcohol, and somebody else would still be, out, uh, you know, impaired or uh, feeling the effects of that alcohol for much longer. So everyone deals with alcohol differently, and I can't give you a specific number. or uh, One, I'm not a breath tech, and two, um, it's different for everybody. They, even a breath tech wouldn't tell you a specific time, date, location, number of beers. Why won't they, what is this? Why won't they, scanning, scanning, scanning. Okay. Why won't they put speed limit up on the 400 series highways? Well, they did, Cody. They raised in some areas the speed limit by 10 kilometers an hour. So, yeah. They went to uh, four, to one uh, to one ten in some areas that were deemed to be safe for that faster speed limit. I think it's like sixteen kilometers of road. It's not a lot. There's no reason to go faster. No one needs to go faster. 
Everyone thinks they're going to go faster. In fact, I was passed by someone that was going so fast this morning before I even got on the highway. Like we're talking bullet train speed. They were they were rocket ship uh, going, and then I ended up at the next traffic light with them. All they did was burn more gas to get there faster, and then wait with me. And I just rolled up comfortably while listening to my podcast and enjoying life. And and they they probably have high blood pressure and all sorts of problems, uh, but they're also looking to get charged, increase their insurance, possibly kill somebody. Like it's just there's no good that comes from speeding. So we don't need to go 10 kilometers an hour faster. And the truth is, uh, there are people who are going 20, 30, and 40 kilometers faster, even though the speed limit is 100. So why do we need to raise it? They'll just go faster. And I know there's some studies that say that won't happen, but I don't. I call BS on that. Uh, I do. I do. I do. Let's see here. Starkey has a question, and I see a queue. Morning. Uh, hey, uh, Starkey, back with some more questions and answers from the last time I was here. So my S10 did pass safety at a dealership with the taillights, but I did add extra tip and LED headlights. Uh, or L- LED taillights? Could you, was this the one that had uh, uh, taillights that were tinted? I think that's what we were talking about. It is possible that even though the taillights passed safety at that dealership, they may not have been scrutinizing them to the same level that a police officer might if you were at roadside uh, being stopped. Um, if you're using LED headlights and those are aftermarket kind of stuff you buy on the internet and get delivered in one day shipping, those could lead to other issues. Be very careful. Um, I've heard of some stories where those uh, change intensity, they burn out, I, I, like they overheat. Um, some of that electronic stuff that's brought from overseas may not be high quality. Uh, so your mileage may vary. Just be careful with that. Uh, how can we become police after age of 37? Apply. Uh, I I became a police officer. I was so I joined the police service as an auxiliary at 25 years old, and then I uh, uh, I became a well, I was still 25 I think, but I became a court officer. But I was I think 38 when I became a police officer. Like I I, I worked for the service for a long time, and uh, you're not too. In fact, there were people in my class that were in their 50s. So it, you can certainly do it. You got to meet the, the the requirements. You've got to be physically and mentally able uh, to uh, to perform the job. Yeah, you, don't don't feel like you're out of the game. Uh, certainly, don't count yourself out of the game. If someone else tells you you're too old, well, then you tell them to to, to go to heck uh, because you you know that other people can do it and, and you can do it too. You just got to want it. Okay. The question is roundabouts. Is uh, if, if in a roundabout, there's a pedestrian waiting at my exit, should I stop or cancel signal and loop? Uh, they should wait until you're out of the, the roundabout. Uh, you're, you're in the midst of it. It's dangerous to stop in the midst of a roundabout. So if you're entering the roundabout, stop for them. Uh, obviously, they, sh- they have an obligation uh, to ensure that it's safe before they cross, just like you have an obligation to, to yield to pedestrians. Now, I say should. Ideally, uh, that's what it should be. Uh, Turf, T-I-R-F dot C-A, has a great instruction manual for roundabouts. Um, The the truth is that that, uh, there's a lot of confusion, and it's mostly drivers that are confused. People don't signal in roundabouts. People don't yield going in. So, you know, obviously, if a pedestrian is in the intersection, you're going to stop for them because you can't hit them. Bad. Don't hit pedestrians or anybody. But... Whether they are going to uh, to adhere to what should be done versus what can be done, because folks just walk out, 
be 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 cautious. You got to go slow anyway in a roundabout. So uh, ideally, you shouldn't be stopping inside the roundabout. Does it happen? Sure, it happens. Why am I framing it this way? Depending on the construction of a roundabout, there may be uh, visual uh, obstructions. They might have a planter, a tree in the middle of it, like, and that's very often in the ones that I, I'm dealing with. There are those things in the middle, and you may not have full visibility of the other side. Pedestrians need to use caution too. Anyway, moving along. I see people. Does TPS have a good collective agreement? Please tell us about it. Um, I don't study the collective agreement. It seems just fine. Uh, I couldn't give you an education on it. That would be a good thing for the uh, Toronto Police Association, not me. Uh, what do you want to know about the collective agreement? I mean, in terms of police services, I think they're all pretty much the same. Uh, and everyone goes into bargaining every couple of years to get a new contract. And uh, yeah, that's that's about the extent of my collective agreement uh, education. Can an off-duty police... Oh, I just lose that one. There we go. Can an off-duty police officer get you ticketed for going through a red light. Yes, we're police officers 24 seven. We can certainly take your information and identify and and be able to identify you. So if I watched you do it and I could see your face and I could look you up and confirm that you are the person that I think you are, could I come to your house and lay the charge? In fact, could I knock on the door and say that I observed, uh, you know, someone operating their car and you were the guy there and I could positively identify you? I can absolutely write you the ticket. And it's happened. Uh, it has happened more than, on more than one occasion. No one wants to know if you can get pulled over for loud music. You can get pulled over for a ton of things, but you can be charged for loud music. Loud music in a motor vehicle is unnecessary noise, no different than if you're revving your engine, honking your horn, uh, modifying, or, or even just driving your car in a way that creates noise. So you can have a stock car. I don't mean stock race car. I mean a stock vehicle with no modifications, and you're revving it at red line all day long. That's unnecessary noise. It's just, it's just silly. So loud music absolutely qualifies. Greetings and salutations from my friend, Akil. Hey, are you coming in? I, did, I didn't know if I was going to be expecting you. Sergeant Campbell is, uh, is coming into the room. I shouldn't call it the room. I should call it the studio. No, you should, you should leave this chair open. With the just in case. Just in case. There we go. I moved my stuff and things. You got us just in time for the hello from Akela. And then levels. And how about that? Cool, you're in. And I move over and you can you can slide in in. Okay. How is everybody today? We're okay. Good. They're okay. Excellent. <laughs> uh, we were talking about a whole bunch of things. And here's a so Next question I've yet to read, but it is Ian, who is in Montreal and was a law enforcement officer in Texas Mm -hmm. and has a Starsky and Hutch car and knows the actors from Starsky and Hutch. Very cool. Yes. Love that show. So can you discuss what a modified vehicle is as per the topic of Osaka Beach? uh, They are well known for car shows. So here's the deal. If this was where, and it's newsworthy or, or being a topic of, of conversation recently because they created a bylaw. I think we were we talked about this before, you and I. But they basically decided they were going to inspect all vehicles entering the area for modifications to ensure they were legal and ticket those that weren't, essentially to prevent people from coming into their neighborhood, uh, their community, and destroying roads and behaving in a way that they don't want people to behave, which happens to be illegal. So so the, uh, the town went to the, the province 
uh, and asked a judge, gave compelling evidence and gave it to a judge. So this judge would give an order allowing us to, I guess, get around um, people's um, right for freedom um, because people in previous years had completely ruined it for everybody in Mm -hmm. the town. Had destroyed stuff, had destroyed police cars, had completely disrupted the town. And they wanted to make sure that this was not going to happen again. Just like everything we say on here in the show is when there's a law created, it's because somebody has done something that they needed to actually go in and do that. And and that's why uh, they went and got it. So the modified vehicle was the uh, the the commonality between all the vehicles that were coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't a car show. This was a this was a takeover event. Um, this was not somebody sitting around and walking through a parking lot and looking at cars. Although I'm sure that probably did happen at some times, but it was because of the actions of the participants that they that singled out modifications as being the commonality. Now, if you were to show up in that town and not have a modified car and get in, then conduct yourself in such a way that you were still breaking the law, you'd still find yourself being investigated and charged. Um, but that was, yeah, that was the easy way of inspecting. And, and we have the authority anyway to inspect vehicles that are obviously, you know, for fitness. Right. So it, it just, I think this was very proactive and I'm sure they had a lot of success based on doing this. I'm, I'm sure they did. I did not hear that uh, the event uh, went out of control like it has in previous years. This is so. true. I, I heard nothing uh, subsequent to the news that they were going to inspect. And I, I imagine most of the people just said, I'm not going. Right. Or if I'm going to go, I'm going to... Comply. Drive my legal car, and I'm not going to be a, you know, a nuisance to the entire town. And and that's what this is. Um, I think that a lot of people conduct themselves. I, I say a lot of modified people. A lot of well, let's just deal with people who don't follow the rules. Do so because it's fun, it's exciting, whatnot, and don't take into consideration how it negatively impacts the communities that they are visiting or living in. But, yep, absolutely. Uh, but uh, so what? So what is the modification that most were looking for? Because that's I think Ian was looking for: exhausts, tints, lowering suspension, unsafe motor vehicles for the most part. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's what the focus was, and that's really when we do uh, you know project erase uh, events. It's looking for those major ones: uh, improper tires, improper uh, suspension, improper uh, headlights, improper uh, taillights, tinted windows, uh, steering wheel, un- unsafe things that deem it to be unsafe. And so many of the modifications are unsafe. You know, putting a sticker on your door, modification, yes, unsafe, we don't care. You no, can put a sticker on your door. There are an awful lot of modifications you can do to your vehicle that do not make it unsafe. And in fact, make it better in one sort of uh, criteria of the of the car's handling. Um, I'm, a, I, I'm a proponent of it. You know what? I have, uh, I have some modified vehicles. Uh, I have a modified motorcycle. I have a modified jet ski. But it doesn't become illegal. And you don't have to. So, yeah, improving your vehicle is one thing. Uh, I love uh, one one YouTuber. I don't know if it was Donut Garage, Donut. I don't know, Donut something. Uh, who, by the way, if I remember their name, I I, I like them. They, Donut Media. Maybe? Donut Media. Yep. I, Great guys. Yep. A lot of fun. And and I'm pretty sure it was their video that said you take a car that has millions of dollars of R and D invested into making it the smoothest, best performing vehicle, and then you break it. Effect, effectively by you know cutting the springs and dropping them, to look a certain way. So there's a very big difference between aesthetic, aesthetically a please, pleasing vehicle because you've made it yours, even though it doesn't ride at all uh, well, and then one that's truly a performance upgrade. 
Yep. Well, you know what? You can take stock uh, cars and modify them for the track, and they are really good for the purpose of, you know, going really fast around the track, handling. But you wouldn't put that on the road because the suspension wouldn't move at all. It wouldn't, uh, you know, there's no uh, there's no potholes on the racetrack. So what happens when you hit a pothole on the road here? Then you've lost control, things break, mm-hmm. unsafe. So... We have uh, Marmar who wants to know if uh, if their Dubai license is valid in Ontario for two months. So if you're visiting, your Dubai uh, license uh, should be valid here, but you may need an, a, an international driving permit because I don't believe they're in English. If it's issued in English, you may be okay. Uh, what an international driving permit is most often is, is simply providing translation so that we understand what we're dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the international driving permit, uh, I like the way you put it because people call it an international license, but it's not. It's just a translation card for what you already have and to show that it is valid. And, and you may, uh, if you don't get it issued, you can only have it issued at, back home before you come. Um, that is the only way it'll be accepted. Uh, if you come here and you're driving without that permit, uh, generally speaking, you will not be accepted because we won't know if you're looking at a license or a library card. Yeah, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you mentioned two months. If you're truly visiting, um, th- that's no problem. There is a time frame where it will no longer be accepted. And if you are becoming a resident of Ontario, you actually have two months or 60 days to apply for an Ontario license. So that kind of keys in for uh, other, other timing. And uh, I, have, I have stopped people before that have um, out of province, out of state, out of country driving licenses, and they haven't been so forthcoming with the truth mm-hmm. got to remember that there's a record somewhere of when you came in the country and uh, we can phone a friend we do I, and, at least i used to all the time and and get that information so um you know what be honest with what you're doing do it the right way and there's no problem there's, there's also a lot of problems if something goes wrong if you're not being honest about it uh if you're deemed to not be licensed and that also means you're not insured we recently had someone it hit the news they rented a vehicle they didn't get the extra coverage and it was stolen they didn't realize that that vehicle was entirely their responsibility because they didn't take the coverage so they were they were charged like sixty thousand or more dollars for the truck that was stolen off their their, their property um I'm get, I, the reason I bring up that story is if you're driving without a license, but you told people you had a license and it was believed that you had a license, you rented a vehicle, but now you don't, you will likely be sued and charged for the entire cost of whatever damages uh, that you are related to. Uh, question from Trap is Trap Saskatchewan Band. I don't know how to, I'm trying to decode your name and I'm going to give up now. Is there a fee you can pay to drive without insurance? Uh, it's called insurance. That is the fee. Uh, there is no other option. It's a requirement in Ontario. Yeah, you must have liability insurance as a minimum on your vehicle. And you know what? I, I kind of get you. It's a private company that is providing a service that you have to have, and they set the rates. Uh, I'm not a great big fan of paying whatever they <coughs> decide that I should have to pay. Yes, they're judging you. But, yes, you have to have liability insurance. Now, other jurisdictions do it a little bit differently. Uh, if you go to Quebec, uh, it's part of the vehicle renewal every year. And they provide the basic insurance for you so you can be covered. If you want anything extra, you pay on top of that. He's good. Uh, question from Party2018 who wants to know, why can motorcycles be so loud, but I, have, but I can't have aftermarket mufflers on my truck? So, so motor, motor, go ahead. I was going to say, you can have aftermarket mufflers on your truck. They just can't be too loud. 
and motorcycles don't have any special exemption. However, the big thing is unnecessary noise. A motorcycle might make slightly more noise depending on the design. Some cars may have more noise. Some trucks may have more noise. But is it reasonable and is it within what's acceptable? Uh, not everything has to be on the mute button. It just has to be reasonable. I think that covers it. I think you got it. Uh, we got... Actually, to go one step further, there's actually a bylaw in the city of Toronto that it just pertains yes. to motorcycles about their noise. So if you idle at 92 decibels or over 92 decibels as a motorcycle, it's a $500 fine. It only applies to motorcycles. So yeah, um, they're not getting any special treatment. They are absolutely being uh, looked at just like any other vehicle. Yep, absolutely. Uh, okay, then there's a follow-up from Party. And that is, what are the rules on modifying wheel size? Also, when are the mud flaps required? So, I just hang on one second. <coughs> I'd be really enjoying this cough. And although it's on its way out, uh, it's still annoying as all get out. Uh, you have to you have to have your tires covered by a fender uh, fender flare or or mud flap. You can't have an exposed tire, uh, and that's where we see a lot of modifications stepping outside of what's legal. Uh, there's a safety component to it as well, uh, but generally speaking, if it's not covered, you need it, and thus you must put a mud flap. Yep, absolutely. There also is a maximum width that your vehicle can be on Ontario roads. Uh, I I know it in inches, so for all the American people listening, 101 inches is the maximum width. My uh, my snowmobile trailer is exactly 101 inches wide, because 102 is not lawful. Um. Yeah, I guess that's that's all we can say on that. Are you doing the math? I was going to do the math. Here, ask Siri. Convert 101 inches to centimeters. Here's what I found. That didn't help me at all. 256.54 centimeters. Is that right? Okay. Apparently, mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what Siri found. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can do other conversions. That's not one of them. On, it's not my head. I just... It's not stored in, in here. Uh, do, do dogs, big dogs, pets, are they considered seat occupants? <laughs> not for the purposes of HOV. All occupants for the pur purposes of an HOV, high occupancy vehicle lane, re are required to be human. Uh, it, animals may be your, your best friend. Uh, you may even have conversations with them. They answer back, it's a problem. Uh, but, if, uh, but they don't qualify, if that's where you're going with that. Although I, I appreciate the effort. I, I do know somebody who once upon a time put a mannequin on the back of their motorcycle because back in the day you you needed to have two people to use the HOV. That's changed. Motorcycles can now have sole occupants or, or riders. You, you need not have a passenger to go on an HOV lane as a motorcycle rider. Um, yeah. Uh, it reminds me of an old 80s movie called... Called what? Mannequin. Oh, Mannequin was a good movie. I like that, actually. And uh, he had the mannequin on the back of his motorcycle. I, I have I forgot all about the existence. There was a, a couple of of those, right? There was a, a, a sequel. I remember liking that. Uh, good morning. I have a G test tomorrow. Please need your advice. Okay. So here's the the advice about your test, and it's going to sound overly simplified, but get good sleep, eat and drink appropriate things, non-alcoholic beverages and whatnot. But you know you don't want to have to. Uh, go to the washroom beforehand, but you don't want to have to think about anything else. You want to have your mind focused on your test, uh, but that means you don't want to be hungry or thirsty or someone's calling. Uh, where's my button to ignore that call? Oh, here it is. Decline. You know what? Arrive early. Yes. Um, 
if you are going from a G2 to a G, obviously it's okay to um, drive yourself to the testing facility. If you're going from a G1 to G2 and you're going for your test, don't arrive solo. Uh, I know of several times people have done that. And guess what? You kind of fail right off the bat. Yeah, it is a problem. But, th- but that's the whole thing. You, you, if you've got your G2 and you've been driving and you've taken some lessons or you've got some experience, you, you're probably going to be just fine. Just remove the stressors. And sleep and preparation that way is probably your biggest one. It's when people stay up too late and start, you know, worrying and, you know, find a happy place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Think about what you're doing, but don't overthink it. Uh, Donnie Soko says, does Cam Willie have a podcast or does he stream anything? Uh, oddly enough, I've seen him on TikTok. He's done some videos for Diamond and Diamond, but I'm not aware of him uh, having a dedicated podcast or anything like that. I haven't seen anything from Cam in, in a while. I'll, I'll show you the videos he's been doing, but I, I, I mean, I need to reach out to him and see how he's doing. But it, It's been a while since I've spoken to him. Uh, can I have a roll cage in my car? A proper racing roll cage um, is not uh, something you should have in your car. A roll bar is one thing, but a proper full roll cage for uh, for racing requires other equipment to be safe from a Hans device, a helmet. Um, it's basically said that a minor collision with a roll cage, a proper full cage, uh, will, will result in, in brain damage uh, at minor speeds, whereas a... Uh, uh, you know, when you have a Hans device where your helmet is attached to your neck brace to the, to the tether to the back of the, like we're talking a proper race car roll cage. A roll bar, however, does not interfere with the, the, the driver uh, or occupants when you are driving. So there's a difference. I'm talking about a full cage. Okay, so is there, is there a law preventing it? I would say it's unsafe motor vehicle at that point. I, I don't think there's a roll cage law. I think it's going to be left to the interpretation of the officer. I, for one, based on the information I have, believe it would be an unsafe motor vehicle. Unless you're driving with a helmet and everything else. So I think it would, uh, the answer to that one, in, in my case, anyways, would be depends. Yes. Depends what I see, depends what I can explain, depends what risk I, I perceive it to be, uh, all those things. Every, every vehicle is different. Yeah. Every manufacturer or roll cage is different. Uh, could, could it be done? Possibly. Does it interfere with other things like oh. supplemental restraint systems yeah. inside airbags and? Well, well just like, you know, we talk about roll cage, chances are that person has probably put a, uh, a racing six-point harness or five, is it five-point harness? Five-point harness. Um, I think it's five-point. Yeah. So if you put a, a, a racing... Bottom, one in the middle. So if you put a, 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 a harness like that in your vehicle, uh, that's not a street legal uh, seatbelt set. You can't remove your, your OEM seatbelt. That's not street legal. Like There's a whole bunch that goes into making a race car a race car, and it's then legal for the racetrack. And I say legal... It has to meet the requirements of the racetrack to be on the racetrack. But because it is safe for the track doesn't mean it's safe for the road. Um, you know, if you're taking a vehicle and putting a roll cage in, did you leave the airbags in? Um, you can't take the, the airbags out. Like, there's a whole bunch that goes into it. I don't want to give you specific yes, no answers because that's a more complicated question. And at the end of the day, did you know about the fact that you can get brain damage from knocking your head against something hard? Like, was that part of the, this, the equation? Leave racetracks on the race car and uh, race cars on the racetrack. That's where they're, they're built to be. Yeah. Uh, boom, boom, boom. We have Ella, uh, Evandro says hello. He, 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 every time he's here, he says, your Brazilian fan is watching again. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, here's the question that he actually has, which is what type of penalty is applied to people who cross the street outside of the correct place? So there's a, there's a law that says you can't cross the street uh, within 50, so you can't cross outside of a crosswalk, I think within 50 meters of a crosswalk. Uh, but crossing the street 
you know, mid-block isn't actually illegal. You just have to take into consideration safety and, and do it safely. Um, but I don't know what the fine is. I don't know the dollar amount yeah. offhand. You can't interfere with, with traffic when you're doing it. And you can't step out onto the road, even within a crosswalk, where it is unreasonable for the vehicle to, to stop. So just because you're walking on the sidewalk doesn't mean you have 100% right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be one of the uh, many components to safe traffic flow. And pedestrian flow is one of them. So the fine, mm, I can look it up. We could. In the meantime, while you look that up, I will answer a question from Ryan, Thin White Line Interceptor, who says, good morning, Sean. Can you provide a link or info about who we can call about uh, reporting dangerous drivers? The answer is simple. Traffichop.ca has the link to the Toronto Police website for making reports. You can also go to just go directly to tps.ca, and you can make reports about either neighborhood complaints or uh, specific drivers, and, or driving or vehicles, I should say, because you, you likely don't know who's driving. Um, what's the story with that? Oh, and York Region has the same thing. Uh, I just have the links to the Toronto one because I is Toronto Police. Uh, by the way, I missed 21 minutes ago the opportunity to remind everybody who I am, and I also didn't really introduce the sergeant. No, he just said, hey. Hey. Uh, my name is Sean Shapiro. I'm a police officer with the Toronto Police Service, and sitting next to me is Sergeant Murray Campbell uh, of the Toronto Police Service. Uh, I am one of the, uh, well, we're all media officers here, the three of us, uh, Sergeant Kulik, Sergeant Campbell, and myself, and we do media stuff, but Sergeant Campbell's also in charge of pounds and and other things. All things towing. All things towing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I am not in charge of uh, that. Um, I, I do social media and media relations, uh, and, and and some other stuff and things. Yep, um, construction liaison. Not me. But you, you're in charge of that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, pedestrian failed to yield a crossover. That's when oh, you that's step a, out, yes. you step out in front of a vehicle, so um, as to you know, affect the movement of the vehicle, it's a $50 fine. The, uh, that is specific to a crossover where you step out and don't give the driver an opportunity. There's no reasonable opportunity for that vehicle to stop. So if you st- if you step out as a pedestrian, specifically at a pedestrian crossover, and that vehicle has passed that point of no return where they'd have no reasonable ability to stop, that's an offense. Um, and people think that, I shouldn't say people, Many pedestrians believe, and actually some drivers believe it too, that pedestrians always have the right of way, and that is simply untrue. They can, they, they are when they're lawfully in the road. Uh, we obviously can't hit them; that's bad. Um, and you should yield to them when they're you see them approaching and uh, and about to cross the road. But so many pedestrians fail to do the simplest of tasks, which is look left and right before crossing and ensure that it's safe to do so before they step out. And if you're stepping out in front of a car um, and you've not taking the opportunity to to look first, you're putting yourself at risk. You're, I I will say you are contributing to your, your lack of safety, or at least to the lack of safety in this scenario. I want to avoid victim blaming, but if you step out in front of a car, you've done it. If you step out right in front of the car and given them no opportunity to avoid you and you get hit, you, you might have contributed to your own collision. Yep, and you've also made the vehicle owner, vehicle driver, a yeah. victim as well. And I'm glad you mentioned that because many people think that just because you got a boo-boo means you're the victim. No, you may be an injured party, but the victim is the person who was put into a situation through no fault of their own. If you caused a collision, you are not necessarily the victim, and that goes against most uh, the belief of, of the majority. Yeah, and uh, including some officers that I've met as well. Yes. Where they just go, oh, no, they got hurt the most, so they're the victim. Well, no, they were the ones who actually contributed to this. They're the causal factor in here. Yes. It was their decision-making or lack thereof 
that caused this. Now this person has a damaged vehicle. There's no insurance to cover it. They pay their own deductible. They have, they're traumatized because they've, you know, struck somebody. They have to wait for police to arrive. It could be hours. They could be blocking traffic. They, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. So, you know what? Everybody needs to work together so that everybody is Is, safe. Is this like a community thing where we're all in it together? I'm kind of saying that. Uh, Badashan says, can you drive a car? Actually, it's not says, asks. Can you drive a car without front license plate in Ontario? Um, Interesting. If you looked around, you would think it's optional because so many vehicles don't have them. It's absolutely required if you are an Ontario vehicle registered here. You are issued two plates and you must display two plates. I got to tell you, I uh, I got a, I was chatting with a friend this weekend. He bought himself a new Porsche. Oh. And the Porsche didn't, they didn't actually mount his front plate. I bet you it doesn't look good with a license plate either. It, it doesn't, <laughs> but it's needed. Yes. It has to be there. So he is $110 uh, lighter in the pocketbook, and oh, he, he, got he now has it mounted. Funny how that motivates people to install. See, we educate through enforcement. Uh, we, we try the education thing here. That's what we're doing right now. If those people who hear us don't choose to take action or, or, or accept these tips that we provide, uh, there are other ways to convey yeah. the, the lesson. So when he was picking up his car, the, the dealer asked him, do you want this put on? And yeah. he asked them, do I need it? The dealership said no. Oh, well, that's that's a problem. I think that the dealership needs an education, too. Yep. So they handed him the license plate frame, like the, and it went in the trunk. I wonder, you see, I would go back to the to the, the car dealership and say, hey, your guys told me that I didn't need this, and then see if they'll pay the ticket. I doubt they will. I doubt they will. Uh, we have a question here from Zaid Jeff. Or is it Zadej Jeff? I don't know how to pronounce what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm looking for it to show up there, but it's here. Uh, have you, uh, you have to have a life while off duty. You can't chase people down all day for traffic stuff. That being said, <laughs> have you ever, in, have you ever intervened in something traffic related? And I'm not working, but I can let you get away with that kind of situation. Um, I was working. I was not in a uniform capacity. I was at the, uh, the, uh, what was it called? The um, I don't know. It's, it's my story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was the not comic. It was uh, fan expo. So I was there, and I came across a chap who was on a um, I can't remember the name of it. Zor um, Sor Soren. Uh, anyway, it's an e bike that isn't an e bike. It's a motorcycle. It's a twelve point one gigawatt gigawatt big. It's a big big illegal e bike. And he was riding it on the sidewalk. So we had a conversation. I informed him about what the rules were. Uh, I, I, I wasn't in, in, in the mode of, I'm going to stop you, call a police officer over and charge you. He did walk it from me. He walked, he, 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 I, I believe he was truly scared of the five to $25,000 fine for having an uninsured motorcycle uh, and possibly on riding it on the sidewalk. Uh, and I and I think he may have sold that, but I'm I'm only speculating. But I listen. I talk to people all the time, and my goal is to educate whenever I can. Uh, I don't stop people. However, I have gotten out of my car to educate a a parent who had an unbelted child in their car while I was off duty because that really really upsets me. So yeah, uh, I don't walk around doing ticket writing and enforcement when I'm off duty, uh, but I do try and educate and, and make the world a better place when I have the opportunity. 
Yeah. And I've stopped at impaired driver calls where people are sleeping at the wheel. And, I've done them multiple times. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. wild. Uh, it, it is unfortunate that we still have people who choose to get drunk and drive or even be mildly impaired and drive. We have so many good options that, that, that are better than driving while under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Okay, we got a, uh, a question. Came to a two-way two stop on a main road. Driver across from me was turning left and there, when I got there, I was turning right. When the traffic break happened, he turned in front of me. Who had the right of way? So they were crossing over uh, the the main road. They were crossing over a, um, a opposing traffic. You were making a right turn. I would argue that you would have had the opportunity to go first because this is not a four-way stop situation. This was where you had the opportunity to make a right turn and, and could have gone. Uh, they are responsible for ensuring they can go. Uh, uh, when it's safe based on traffic being a different break. Now, if we're talking about your, um, let's, let's say you were turning right to go northbound, they were going to turn left to go northbound into a one-lane scenario, um, you are not crossing over opposing traffic. I would, I would say that the right would be on yours. What do you think? Uh, I would say that anybody crossing over uh, a travel lane of traffic um, to make any maneuver has the obligation to make sure it is safe before it does so. If somebody else poses a potential risk, the obligation is on the person turning left to make sure that that risk is minimized. So it doesn't mean that everybody making a right turn has a right of way, depending on the situation, mm -hmm. depending on the road markings, depending on the signage there. You say it's a two-way road, uh, a two-way intersection. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stop signs on either side of, a, of an un- regular or a no-stop road. So main road has no stop, but the road on either side has the stops. Yep, person making a right has a right away. Yeah. Uh, is there any resources for truck drivers planning uh, trips into the city showing truck routes, weight limits, and left turn restrictions, low bridges? Hmm, that's one. Now, somebody said earlier that there's probably a, a, an app for that, and there may be. Uh, if you're really a, a large vehicle, I, I would imagine you have to contact the city for a plan. Over overweight, uh, over size, um, there's a byline in the city of Toronto where you actually have to have a permit to do it. And you have to show the route that you're going to travel, and that route has to be approved. So depending on what we're talking about, uh, you, you, you have to have a pre-trip, and sometimes you need an escort for that. Yes, sometimes you do, depending on the situation. For regular truck driving, I, uh, I give you guys kudos for doing it. It's a very tight city to drive around it. I wouldn't want to be driving a large truck around the city. Um, good for you for doing it. Um, Pay attention to signs. And, well, and know your vehicle say, heights. And if if you're going under a bridge, there's a sign. And that's where, where people get into trouble is when they don't know the vehicle height. Most vehicles and most rental vehicles, and, and when, they, when you're renting a truck that isn't theirs, they mark the heights so you know. And hopefully it's accurate. Yeah. How many times can you take a G-test? I think it's as many times as you're willing to pay. I think so. I don't think they say, listen, you're just not cut off for this. <laughs> it might be something they're thinking, but they can't actually action it. Uh, I believe you can take it as many times as you like. Zombie loves that people pass uh, her and then end up in the same place five minutes later. <laughs> oh, they're getting a ticket. Sorry. Yes, I love when I, love when I see someone who's a violator getting stopped. I, I actually, I, I often cheer uh, because I, I, that makes me happy. I've even had conversations with people that I pulled over for really aggressive driving and really uh, speed uh, infractions. 
I uh, I was very loud. I I have a conversation with them, and I say, you know, all those people that you've passed while I was trying to catch up with you, they're at home now. You mm-hmm. and I are standing at the side of the road having a conversation, and this is going to cost you an awful lot of money. Yes. Was it worth it? Probably not. Uh, Starkey, who has the S10, came back earlier and said the follow-up. He got his vehicle certified. He had tinted taillights, but he still got certified, I think. Ooh. <coughs> uh, had LED lights put in for the headlights, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That is, But he says, not a question. This is the follow-up. Not a question. But before I go, I just want to thank you for educating people on rules they may not be aware of. I personally find it very helpful, especially as a daily new driver. That's what we're here for. You're very welcome. And I appreciate the feedback because and once we're again, here for you. Love the S10. He loves the S10. Uh, can we walk on the Gardner Expressway? No. No. Controlled access highway. Uh, actually, so a 400 series is controlled access. I believe ours is governed by bylaw. It is. And it effectively makes it a controlled access highway. And we will ticket you and escort you off the road if you are on the road. Yeah, it's an arrestable offense. Um, that's so we can arrest you, put you in a police car, and drive you off the road to make it safe. Yes. Unless the road is closed, and then... Different situation, like a ride for heart and things like that that take yep. place on there. Absolutely. Uh, Radix says, good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, are stop signs that are held by construction workers directing traffic next to the site enforceable? It's not the stop sign charge. It would be a flag man, uh, disobey flag person yes. charge. But it, yes, it would be. As long as they were there lawfully, doing yes. the job lawfully. That is and a big thing. not all people hanging out there with a stop sign are doing it lawfully. This is very true. So. Uh, and nor can they, and here's one that I find very annoying. Uh, very often they will direct people through traffic signals. They do a lot of things that they're not allowed to do. And people don't necessarily know that they are not lawfully allowed to direct traffic that way. They have a yep. very specific group of things that they can do. Special constables, police officers, they can direct you through a traffic signal. But that's it. That's it. That's it. Our radar detector is legal. Maybe somewhere else there. Just not here. Not here. Uh, it, it is funny how many people want to know about these things. They are illegal. Hundred and is it hundred and seventy or hundred and eighty? I've confused myself on that. Either way, three demerit points, search and seizure authority. Uh, you can't have a jammer, a, a or a radar detector. In fact, you can't buy, sell, transport, or use uh, any of those devices. And uh, when we find it, not only do you get the ticket, uh, the points on conviction, but we also take the device which could be expensive. It doesn't matter where you put the device. It doesn't matter how you have it mounted in your car. We get to search your car, and that may include taking it apart. We get to search the occupants of the car. That means that, uh, you know, not not an awful lot of people want to have the pat-down search or... No. And Dr. Nick was challenging us as to whether or not we had authority to search the occupants of the vehicle. Um, I I think... that uh, it may, maybe it wasn't Dr. Nick. Somebody took offense to the fact that uh, they believed it was only the vehicle. No, it, I do believe it is completely I agree with search. Uh, search the area uh, adjacent to the driver as well as the driver, yeah. And, and, and the occupants, yeah. I agree. Uh, can the OP, okay, question about OPP being able to pull you over in the city? Uh, okay. We have questions about what do you do if the police, if, if you're being pulled over by an unmarked car and you think it's an impersonator. Uh, by the way, it's 11.05 and we won't be taking new questions, but we're going to catch up on the questions that are in the queue. Uh, what are the laws for high beams as far as distance from other cars? We can talk about that. Uh, comments from Ian, more questions. 
Serena. Are motorcycles allowed to be driven in between cars, essentially driving on the dotted line? Uh, no. Uh, that would be something that we would charge you for careless driving. Uh, we would charge you for stunt or even dangerous operation, which is uh, criminal. It really depends on what we observe. Yeah, it has to be the totality of the situation. There's no specific law that says you can't lane split, but we all know that it's, it's unsafe. They do do, and I did say do that. Do do. They do, do do it in other jurisdictions. They recognize it's unsafe, and they always put out a warning for people that are doing it. But especially here in Canada and Ontario, when motorcycles spend such little time of the year on the road, it is such an unsafe thing to do because drivers aren't expecting it. And the speed differential that some of these motorcycles can get up to in between travel cars is great. And the speed differential being that great causes great injury. I don't know what David uh, was referring to, which particular majestic conversation we were in the midst of, but it was well said, whatever it was. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, David. <laughs> I don't know what it was. The con out of context compliments, I love it. Our uh, police scanners or laser jammers legal in Ontario? We just talked about that, but police scanners is different. Uh, police scanners aren't illegal. They're radio scanners, and radio waves are legal to listen to. Um, however, ours are, are in encoded or uh, um, scrambled. Encrypted. Encrypted, that's the word. And we also, not only do we have encrypted, but they're also something called trunking, which means we use a, an array of uh, or a multiple uh, channels, and every time we hit transmit, it goes to a different one. So you have to know our, a, a number of things uh, in order to listen to us, and the encryption key, which would be unlawful if you were to hack, I think. Not all services in Ontario are encrypted. Uh, I know our ambulance service right now and fire is not encrypted. Mm -hmm. um, so the tow truck chasers, the uh, I, I've heard of lawyers, uh, listening in and traveling and meeting people at the side of the road. So. Ian, Ian was on it. He already answered the question. There you go. Um, bum, 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 bum. What's the procedure if... Oh, this is actually an interesting question from Chase. Hello, Chase. What's the procedure if, a, if the police car gets a flat? Does the police officer pull out a scissor jack and a spare and get to work? Uh, no. And I have had a flat. I, I hit a curb and uh, and popped the, the bead and, and, and had a flat. Careless, sounds like. Um, yeah, you know, I don't remember what it was, uh, but <laughs> but I called for a, a Toronto police tow who uh, very quickly switched the tire for another one, and I was back on the road. We have that option here. In the city of Toronto, we have service persons that are uh, working 24-7. They um, operate police tow trucks, uh, and therefore, for us, sometimes they can do it much quicker than we can. Also, if we're solo, which as traffic officers we most often are, uh, it is going to be an officer safety risk. We can't climb under a car and, and sit there uh, trying to change a tire. So for, for those reasons, it would be. Other municipalities, other police officers out here, they may not have that option. True. And they may have to do it themselves. Uh, Travis just moved here from New Brunswick. How long do they have to change their plates and license? Plates, 30 days. License, 60 days. I don't know why they're not the same, but apparently they're different. I would, I would just make them the same. And New Brunswick to Ontario or back and forth, uh, very easily done. It's a, it's a, it's a quickity thing. But you're going to need a front license plate bracket put on mm, your car. Yes. Uh, well, let's see. What is the question here? Red light runners. If I notice that a certain intersection has many last second red light runners, what can I do? Tiger Paw, the answer is go to tps.ca and, and find the report link or go to trafficcop.ca and I have a link there in the useful links 
section of my link tree, uh, and you can go and make the report right there. It is a neighborhood traffic concern complaint form. You fill in your information and it becomes something that we become aware of and we may be able to send traffic complaints officers there to respond. It may actually turn into an escalation where they put a red light camera there. It depends on what they, they observe. We uh, don't determine, by the way, who gets a red light camera. I would, uh, I would suggest contacting the municipality that they're in uh, and lodging a complaint with them as well. They may, may send somebody out Squeaky to monitor wheel. the traffic. Squeaky wheels. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> nobody knows, me. nobody does anything, so. Hi, sir, can we do burnouts on private property? You can. You're going to get a ticket. Well, you could. You know, here's the big thing. People get really bent out of shape, really bent out of shape about this concept of stunt driving being enforceable on private property. <coughs> Excuse me. The deal is that we are not hiding out in your bushes. It is It is as a result of it. Like, well, if we happen to be there witnessing it or if we have a complaint that puts us there and, you know, you're doing a car meet in your backyard or farmer's field or whatnot, it is something that could be enforced. And likely would be. So the question earlier that i just getting to now is, can the OPP pull me over in the city and can Toronto police pull me over outside of Toronto? We are Anywhere, anytime, anywhere in Ontario, mm -hmm. anytime working or not working. Now, we get paid to patrol the streets of Toronto. The OPP get paid to patrol the provincial highways and other jurisdictions. We don't want to do each other's work, but we... Turn a blind eye to something? Absolutely not. You're doing something unsafe? That's the, uh, we're, you know, we're not probably going to set up a, a laser speed measurement uh, uh, opportunity, but if we see you doing something and it's something we should be uh, uh, dealing with because it's for the protection of all, we're going to do it. Yeah. That's just what it is. Uh, what do we do if we think there is an un... Sorry, what do, we, what do we do if we think an unmarked car trying to pull us over is an impersonator? Interesting question. So... Uh, you can do a couple things. One, you you really should pull over because the I mean, unless you think it's an absolute fake, it's just an obviously not police officer. But how would you actually know? And if you don't pull over for those flashing lights and siren, uh, and sometimes just lights, well, that's going to escalate things, and you could have additional charges because you are by law required to pull over. Uh, so what can you do? Pull over. Don't get out of the car. Roll down your window a little bit, and ask the officer that approaches the vehicle. First of all, have a look at them. Ask them for, uh, you know, to see their badge if they're not in uniform. Very often our unmarked vehicles are, are being operated by uniformed officers. But let's say they're in a suit and tie or in other clothing. Uh, ask them to see their badge. You can also call 911 and, uh, and speak to a, a, a dispatcher who will be able to say that that is in fact a police officer because they will be able to communicate back and forth and see that a traffic stop has occurred. I recently, while off-duty driving uh, home, noticed a, uh, a uh, police vehicle uh, or a vehicle that had police lights that didn't look like a police car pulled over dealing with somebody. And the person was wearing shorts and a t-shirt and had something, a wallet in their hand. And I believe that could have been a police officer, but couldn't say because the lighting package didn't match what I understood uh, a police car to look like. So I called dispatch and they had no record of a police vehicle being in the area. So I gave them a license plate because I make note of those things. And it was in fact one of the service vehicles that I just hadn't paid attention to or noticed before. In any case, I check things, and it's not unreasonable for you to check things. Because okay. we've had some tragic things happen. Not here, mind you, but, but still. Uh, what are the laws regarding high beams and distance to other cars? 
is it 150 and 60? Is that the is that the measurements? Because I keep forgetting them, and even though I I look them up every time fresh. I don't know. What are you talking about? Uh, when you need to be in lower beam. Fail to use, fail to use. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lower beam, so it's 150 meters when you're approaching. I was right, and um, following is 60 meters. I, I said 50. I was off by 10. Look at that. I was close. It's close. It's one of the, the. The deal is you don't want to blind people. Your beams. If you see another vehicle, you should turn them off. Pretty much. That's that's the indicator. You see someone, change it. In Quebec, uh, government does not provide insurance unless you or someone is hurt. You must carry your own insurance liability at a minimum to cover damage to others' property. I did not know that. I thought it was part of, uh, really? I did not know that. No, I, I was under the understanding that... That it was the, government, yeah. Once you paid your fee for the year, and the fee was much, much higher than it is in Ontario, that they provided the basic insurance liability insurance for your vehicle to be operating i did i i have so much reading to do i totally ian, thought that uh, yeah tell us more yes well ian ian is a man who knows many things uh yeah cool i love it when we when we learn new stuff okay can you ride an e-scooter on a sidewalk so there's two different things that are referred to as e-scooters. One is an e-bike that is a scooter style, and one is an e-kick scooter, which is a stand-up device with two small wheels and a skateboard deck. Uh, neither of them are legal to use on the sidewalk in the city of Toronto. An e-kick scooter cannot be used anywhere in the city of Toronto, not on the road, not on the sidewalk, not on a park path. In fact, the only place you can use it legally is on your private property. An, e an electric scooter that falls under the category of e-bike is prohibited for use on sidewalks, as are any bicycle if the operator is over the age of 13. There you go. Greg says, love your show. So thank you. Love your show. Also a fellow motorcycle rider. We're both motorcycle riders. So, so uh, uh, Greg, thanks very much. Appreciate the, uh, the the feedback. And it's always nice to hear from from folks who, uh, who A, like the show, and B, uh, find value and ride motorcycles. So uh, you, you hit it all on, on all uh, sides. What's the rule for child seats? There are so many rules for child seats. Um, I am a child passenger safety technician educator person, and uh, th this is a longer conversation. I have a couple of episodes that you can look at on TPS Traffic Jam. Those are podcast episodes that discuss it. Uh, we will be having child uh, seat things, but I, I don't know specifically what you're looking for. If you want to know when can a child stop using a child passenger restraint, I'm assuming that's where it is. When can a child sit in the seat without a seat, uh, without a seat, but without a child seat. Um, that is when they are either eight years old, 80 pounds or four foot nine. Any one of those threes, uh, one of those threes, one of those three uh, meets their minimum requirements legally. It does not mean it's the safest. If you have a small eight-year-old, they are better off in a booster. Uh, if they can't sit comfortably with their back against the seat, with their legs comfortably over the front of it, like, it depends. If you go to CP, uh, hang on, let me put it on the, on the screen. I has a link for you. It's cpsac.org. If you go to that website, you can go and see what the five-point checklist is, things that the test that you should do to make sure that your child uh, is truly going to be safe in a seatbelt alone. Don't be in a rush. If you have a child seat uh, or a child booster seat, um, don't be in a rush. Use You paid for the full range of weight and height. Use it because all it will do is provide extra layer of safety 
unless your child is outside of what it's designed to do, at which point you should not be using it. So um, that's that's that. That's the that's. Uh, apparently, Kayla Draconis thinks we need a whiteboard so we can draw, not that we're artists, but uh, two caricatures and uh, and diagrams to discuss turning conflicts. Uh, we have it. That, that, that is a good idea. How is the charge for people who don't move over for police, ambulance, firefighters, or tow trucks? Um, how 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 is the charge? I believe it's four ninety. Is it four ninety five for slow down move over? Slow down, move over when you're approaching them. Already stopped on the side of the highway is one charge. The other charge is if they're coming behind you, wanting you to pull over, and uh, you don't. Two different things, mind you. Don't turn over. You don't. So this is uh, this is specific to the move over, the people working at the side of the road, as opposed to failing to stop for police and pull over. Um, it's slow down and move over. So you yes. actually have to. Slow down. And the rules say, so slow down, and if there's an available lane, change lanes into it. If there's no available lane, slow down and move over as much as possible to provide safety. And people just don't know how to interpret that, it seems, because uh, we see a lot of people who don't do it. And I've left a, I've given a warning and left the person I was originally stopping to go after the person who failed to pull over or uh, move over safely. That's, I think it's 495. I've actually stopped in front of another officer that had a vehicle stop. Turned on my rear radar and watched the people go speeding right by them mm. and pulled them over. Magical. Yep. Mark Manone. Man, Manone? Manon? I don't know how to pronounce your name. Manon? Manone? Okay, moving on. What proactive measures can be made to, re to report frequent U-turns on red lights at a specific intersection? Same advice that we gave earlier. Go online, report it. You can talk to your local uh, you know, counselor or your municipality. But you can also make a, a complaint. If you are in the city of Toronto, you can do it online with tps.ca or go to trafficop.ca. We've got links to that form. Uh, it's, a, it's a neighborhood driving complaint form. That's where you go. Are, draw, are dogs required to, to uh, wear a seatbelt? Required by law, no. Uh, a, a tether or a crate is the best way to transport your, your, your animal in the back seat. Uh, I know a lot of puppies and pooches and kittens and cats want to be in the front seat because... And we want to do it because and make them happy because otherwise they complain like children. Uh, but backseat is best for them and tethered or created because in the event of a collision, they're going to become a furry projectile, uh, which could hurt you, could certainly hurt them, uh, and no good will come of it. So it's not a requirement, but it is advisable. Not only will it become a, a projectile, but should you get involved in a collision and you know something has happened to your car, that gives them the opportunity, they're scared, to, to leave your car, maybe with you or without you. Mm -hmm. And you don't want them running around on, on the road and getting hit that way. Or uh, hurting somebody else. If they are panicked and someone tries to help them and they get bitten, bad things happen. So all things to consider. Uh, zombie has not heard depends in a while. Glad <laughs> we were able to accommodate. Uh, Did we have a depends today? We had a depends. Did you? We were, we were talking about... Hmm. It depends. <laughs> All right, these are questions that came in well after. Is there anything great here? Uh, what are the laws with radars during a stop if I ask to see? Oh, uh, we'll just backtrack to see if there's any real golden ones. That's a good one. Uh, we have, if if you, so we pull you over for speeding uh, and you want to see the speeding uh, measurement device. Uh, do we have to uh, show it to you? No, we don't have to. Will we if we can? Uh, I I made a habit of it, uh, but sometimes I don't lock the speed that I'm charging you with. So if I catch you as you're approaching and I see you're still accelerating, I may get a second reading. 
I, that reading could be higher than the first, and I might give you a third reading for good measure because I'm trying to see what's going on, and you could be slower. I can still charge you for the speed that you were going the second time I, char I, I recorded speed. It locks the last speed, and that even times out after a while. So if you are sitting at the side of the road and we've been talking for a while and you ask, it just may not be there to show you. And if it's inside my car with a fixed device, uh, that would lock it long-term, but it's unsafe for you to get out of the road and have you walk on the, on the highway to come back and look at it. We're just not doing that. Uh, and then during COVID, it was a thing where I'm just not inviting you into the, my personal space because that's another thing. Like, there's all these things to consider. And at the end of the day, uh, it's not required. When I provide evidence in court, it'll be my testimony as to what I saw and, uh, and, and what I did to confirm my beliefs. Uh, just remember, speeding is speeding. It doesn't matter what the number is. As long as you're one kilometer over, you're guilty of an offense. Right, and and people go in there and say, I was not doing 10 over, I was doing five over. I was not doing 50 over, I was doing 30 over. And that is all you're doing is giving, advanced, uh, giving um, evidence to your uh, conviction. All right, I think, I think we've really gone over 22 I minutes. I think we're there, yeah. I think so. Um, someone wants to know about, I'm just gonna scroll back. Uh, does a school zone, uh, is it enforceable when school is not in? Yes, it is. Um, is it legal to pull over and breathalyze a minor without asking for any form of ID or registration? So make a demand for a screen device. So if you're driving a car, you're required to provide a breath sample and it's a lawful demand to ask for one. I think I would try to identify the person I was talking to first. Sure. Is it lawful to do it? It is. I don't know if that would actually, in most cases, happen. Yeah, it, it, but if you had a 16-year-old that was uh, that driving and there was a, a reason to uh, uh, make a demand, you, this isn't one of those things where we're going to phone a friend and wait for mom to show up. This is you're you're 16, you're you're able to uh, to provide a, provide a breath sample. Uh, bum bum. Can you put the Even rest? You're 12. 12. You're legally responsible at 12. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can be charged at 12. Impaired driving is a criminal offense. Mm-hmm. The Highway Traffic Act gives us the authority to do it to any driver. So if you're driving, carrying control, absolutely. Can you put to rest the urban myth that flashing high beams will not change the red light faster? Oh, my goodness. I, I, I was one of the idiots uh, in childhood that sat there thinking, because someone told me if you get the right pattern. Now, it, it is an urban myth that you can do it with your, with your headlights. Certain jurisdictions do have strobe-responsive um, em, em, emitters on their vehicles or emitter strobes that do trigger um, head, uh, traffic lights to change. We don't have them in Toronto. We use a different system around fire engines, fire houses. Uh, but some jurisdictions have it. You just can't actually trigger them with your headlights. It just doesn't work. You know what? It used to work. Did it work? It used to work. So I was back so I before wasn't, the technology was. Oh, so was I wasn't it. an idiot when you're when I was a kid well, trying to. Well, I didn't say that. You, you, you could have been. <laughs> yeah, but you get the jury's out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that technology I don't believe is used anywhere anymore. Uh, for for simply the headlight ones. Yep. Interesting. Uh, what else is here? We t I think we covered it. I think we're up to date. We're uh, done. A question from Michael: How much to slow down for disco lights? Uh. I used to commute to Mississauga around midnight, would slow down to 80. What disco lights? We're talking about when passing a police vehicle? Uh, it, 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 is, it is a safety. I don't know if there's a specific number. And then here's the follow-up to that, the part two. Obviously not passing 80 off-controlled access highway. I would pass vehicle with disco lights around 20, 30 for off 400. It depends on what's reasonable. 
I don't know what depends no, on the situation. Depends where the emergency vehicle is. How depends close how proximity to the vehicle? Like it's, 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 it all depends. There's depends another if, depends. You know, it depends if there's pedestrians out. Depends if the officers out on the road. All sorts of different things. Wessie got their e-bike stolen yesterday in broad daily in front of a big camera. What are the chances that Toronto police can get it back? Oh, is it registered? Do you know? Did you get a good description? Was the camera catching them? Like, there's so many what ifs. It's unfortunately bicycles go missing and disappear. Uh, did you have a tracker on it? Like, there's so many questions. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. We don't. Traffic services doesn't deal with stolen property. Uh, we may. We may. You know. Uh, you know, recover a stolen vehicle now and again, uh, but we don't actually aren't involved with the recovery. So I don't know what the likelihood or stats are on that, but I, I feel bad for you. I feel sorry that that happened. Uh, it's unfortunate that people take advantage of other people and steal. It's just, yeah. We, uh, we have had a bicycle registration system. Um, we've used it since mm-hmm. the 90s. It's because we don't have license plates, ownership insurance. Mm-hmm. We don't know who owns the bike. Um, but if you were to take your serial number, your bike serial number, and register it with Toronto Police, we'd be able to make it searchable. Is that online? Can you do it online? Or it is, is it? online. It is, so there's an online registry? Yep. Uh, you may be able to even do that if you have that information recorded, because if it's an e-bike, you probably have a, a package with that information. You might be able to do it after the fact, so if it's recovered, it can be returned to you. That's exactly what it's for. Well, there you go. What is the legal percentage of tints allowed for, for registration or for... Um, uh, for certification purposes, 30% light blockage is what a mechanic has to ensure you're not above to issue a uh, safety certificate. However, uh, if we can't see inside the vehicle, it's, it's too dark and you can get a ticket. And apparently we're getting a new uh, emergency vehicle prompt system in the near future, pilot project with fire right now. That's coming from uh, from Michaela. Excellent. Okay, we've got two dad jokes and we're done. Okay, yep, we are done. We are done. Dad joke one. Why did the traffic light turn red? You would too if you had to change in the middle of the street. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I, just because it's so traffic. It's, it's, a, it's a groaner, but it's good. Uh, dad joke. What do you call a four-foot-tall psychic that ex- escaped from prison? <laughs> a small, medium, at large. I like it. That's actually very good. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, we are doing that traffic song, and then we're saying goodbye. But tomorrow at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. We'll be back. Yeah, it's a thing we do. We'll be See back ya. too. See ya. Yellow light, red light, green light, go. Driving safely helps the traffic flow. Watch for pedestrians. Look out for bikes and don't drive like a jerk. That no one likes Yellow light, red light, green light, go Driving safely is the way to go Put down your cell phone, nobody needs you to text and drive on the DVP Yellow light, red light, green light, go Stop at stop signs, look both ways, then go Seatbelt, save your life indeed And watch your driving don't speed, yellow light, red light, green light, go. Driving safely is the way to go. Don't drink and drive or smoke some weed because you might go to jail and not get freed. Yellow light, red light, green light, go. Driving safely helps the traffic flow. <laughs> so the conversation I just had with uh, Sergeant Campbell out the, the doorway was on the topic of Costco hot dogs. And, uh, you know, I want to know what your thoughts are. I, I mean, maybe we should have a whole episode on Costco hot dogs. But the question is, is that is that 
is it is it a good is that a dinner that is that is sufficient is that is that the all in one dollar fifty meal like is that the end all be all would you drive to get that for for lunch I many many moons ago I used to work in proximity to a Costco and that was our go to lunch uh, you know full of carcinogens and whatnot but we did it as software people who went to get food um, hot dogs dollar fifty good deal we're not doing that for lunch today. I wish we could because that's a great deal. Okay, I'll ponder what to actually eat for lunch. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Drive sober. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon.